Welcome back to So Every Soul Sings, Worship for the Real Church. And we are talking about real church today because our topic today is victory through vulnerability. Gosh, Bethany, why did you emphasize the word through? (laughs) (laughs) Because when Rod said that to me, I said, I don't like that. (laughs) Don't hold back. What do you really think? I said, I don't like that because vulnerability and maybe even just being emotional, Mm. uh, being weak in front of people. Um, Some people might call it transparency to be really raw, right? And that is very popular right now to be raw, to just put it all out there and just share all of your stuff. Um, Brene Brown actually talks a lot about vulnerability and she Mm -hmm. talks about transparency. And I believe, and I could be quoting her wrongly here, but the idea was that simple transparency is not the same thing as vulnerability, that you can share all of your stuff with the whole world and it doesn't foster something good or healthy. Um, Vulnerability Mm. happens in the context of relationship with people that you trust and there's a risk to it, but the result is health in a relationship, not something that's dysfunctional or weirdly dependent. And I think that's why I have a problem or had a, had a problem with that <laughs> phrase because I think in the church we have set up two extremes between you know, we are healed, we are whole, we are saved, we are victorious, and we have got it all together, and rah, rah, rah. And if you're going to come to church here, you need to have it all together too. Mm -hmm. And I think there's been a backlash to that that has sort of swung the pendulum to the opposite direction, where it's now very hip (laughs) to be vulnerable and to talk about brokenness and be raw and real about issues, right, that we have and mistakes that we make and weaknesses that we have. And we're all kind of the same. We all struggle with brokenness. I guess my thought is I don't want, I personally do not want to stay in a place of brokenness. And I don't want other people to stay in a state of brokenness either and I don't think that is our Father's good intention for us. So that is the struggle that I was yeah. having when we began this conversation. And so then you would be thinking, if you're listening to this right now, what in the world does this have to do with worship? <laughs> uh, and I promise it does. It has a whole lot to do with leadership in general. Mm-hmm. But it also has a lot to do with leadership in the worship context specifically. And we'll get there. Um, but I want to get there in a way that's honest. And so um, Bethany's... Um, uh, resistance to the whole idea of, of having victory through vulnerability, I think is important and healthy to talk about. Um, we're not, we're not trying to show off. And so if I'm showing off my rawness or I'm showing off my victory, I'm just doing it wrong. You know, the only thing we're showing off is Jesus. It's his work. It's his provision. It's his atonement. It's his call. It's, it's his creation. It's his coming again. It's his resurrection. I mean, all of the things about Jesus we want to show off. We want to make much of Jesus. Um, Paul didn't want to boast in all of Paul's accomplishments, and he didn't want to boast in his thorn either. 
He wanted to boast in Jesus. But the only way to get to that, I think, the only way to get to where you can do that in community is to be able to do that with vulnerability. And so if you want to have victory in yourself, if you want a victory in your community, then you have to pursue vulnerability. Um, you have to do it when it's hard. And the hard part, the, the part that makes it vulnerable, and, and I haven't read all of Brene Brown's stuff. I have watched her TED Talk. Um, <laughs> her insights are fantastic and, and very, I think, um, Christ-oriented, whether she intends them to be or not, and I don't know about her intent. Um, but one of the things that's so helpful about understanding of vulnerability is vulnerability is when you are willing to take a risk mm -hmm. by sharing something. For me to show off my brokenness is not risky. Mm -hmm. For me to show off my victory is not risky. What's risky is to stand in front of people, um, a person, a small group, or a large group, and share something that gives them the opportunity to reject you. Mm -hmm. And then just choose to do it anyway because it creates intimacy it creates connection. It creates possible community that isn't able to happen any other way. And at least in my understanding of worship, community plays a huge role in the, in the family of faith. Worship isn't just between you and God as an individual. It's between y'all and God. And that's a very Southern way to say biblical truth. Uh, <laughs> almost every time the word you is used in the New Testament, maybe that's a little too aggressive. Maybe 80%, and, and I don't know the specifics, but something like that. 80% of the time the word you is used in the New Testament, it means y'all. Mm -hmm. It is a corporate experience. We do life together. We do spirituality together. We do worship together. And if we refuse to be vulnerable with each other, we never, in fact, come together to worship together. We just assemble a bunch of independent individuals and try to have the same activity at the same time. That's not community. That's just a huddle, you mm -hmm. know, or, or, a, or a gathering um, of some kind. So I think, I think you can get to victory through the door of vulnerability as long <laughs> as vulnerability is not the goal. It's just a means to the end and the end is intimacy. Spiritual intimacy with with our Father and spiritual intimacy with one another. And, and by intimacy, um, please know that I mean that in the most appropriate and beautiful way. Um, all of sin is a distortion of what God made beautiful. Yes. And so I, I don't know if that's true. That's a really big statement. Um, but I think it is. I think all of sin is a distortion of what God made beautiful. So um, intimacy, God made to be beautiful. And we can really mess that up. And we can mess that up in ways that are... Um, internally destructive and externally destructive and corporately destructive and all those things. So anyway, that, that's my little response to your opening mm -hmm. um, frustration with, with my titling of that. But I, I, I like the word door. Yeah. Because it's not the goal or the end product. Right. Or it's a means. Yes. It's a means to an end. It's very similar with the word unity. Mm. You know, I'm a unity person. Right. Like, I'm all about it. Yeah. But it's not the goal. Right. Right? You can just do something and have a bunch of people together and be like, yay, we had unity. Mm -hmm. But the goal of unity is transformation. Yeah. Of a community. Right. And so in this same sense, I believe that vulnerability is a doorway into, as you said, intimacy and being known. Mm -hmm. We talked about that. Being known and being loved by God and by people. Right in this community. And you can't be loved if you're not being vulnerable. The, the psalmist said, search me, O God, and know my heart. 
Um, we have to invite him. He won't come in unless we invite him. I love that about our father. He's not going to open the door before he knocks. He, he's just not intrusive that way. He's going to respect the choice that he gave us. And so uh, my only option is to either be vulnerable and let him in or not be vulnerable. And if I choose not to be vulnerable, I'm not letting him in. And that's just not going to lead to the kind of life that he wants for us uh, or the kind of worship experience that he wants for us. I, I don't know about you guys. I, I don't know our audience yet. Um, sometime after we have enough people listening, uh, we'll probably do some kind of survey to get to know you guys better. I would love to know your story. I'd love to know where you um, thrive and where you struggle. Um, but I, So all I can do at this point early on in these podcasts is talk about what I've learned and where I struggle. And I can just say that I hide myself behind a lot of things. I hide myself behind my excellence. So I can try to do something perfectly because by doing it perfectly, people pay attention to the thing I do rather than the person I am. And so I can sing really well and then people think, oh, he's a great singer. But I could be a terrible person and a great singer. That doesn't mean I'm leading worship effectively. I, I need to be a, I think that the inward needs to match the outward. And, and if I'm a good singer, I want to be a good human. Like it's probably far more important, at least according to the story of Cain and Abel, like uh -huh. God looked at the motivation behind the offering, the, the fruit and the animal were both fine sacrifices. It was the internal motivator that made the difference of one offering being acceptable and one not. And that kind of, the things we hide behind, which is what it means to not be vulnerable, are the things that can keep us from being effective worship leaders or leaders in any Anyway, and that's why I wanted to talk about the whole idea of having victory through vulnerability. Well, and the goal also, besides intimacy and being known, is healing, being healed yeah. of our wounds and our woundedness. It's just like Second Corinthians 1, verse 3 says, Blessed oh. be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, yep. who comforts us in all our affliction, so okay. that we may be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the yeah. same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Oh, there's so much in that. That's one, yeah. one of my favorite passages. I love it so much. Me too. Um, comfort. You realize the Holy Spirit's the comforter, right? Uh, that's just so important. Sufferings. We want to avoid sufferings at all costs, but sufferings are one of the gateways God uses to get us to him. A door. Yeah, it's a door. Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> that is just so beautiful. I have water in my eyes. I, I love that passage. Uh, we sometimes waste our suffering because we don't make the most of using it afterwards to minister to others, to comfort others and give them hope. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's, all, it's all wrapped up. It's, it's true in lots of ways. It's true for us as, as just Christ followers. It's true for us as musicians, but it's true for preachers too. Um, we, we really want them to show us themselves. We, we want them to wow us with the truth. Like that's, I think that's what all of us sit under teaching looking for is for a, a teacher, a, pre a preacher to say something that makes us go, wow, I never thought of it that way or I never thought of that or I never thought of how that applies to my life. Um, but we really want them to be more than great preachers. We want them to be great pastors. We want 
We want them to be vulnerable with us enough that we can know them and not just know their content. Hmm. And go ahead. Well, we've talked about how worship ministry is discipleship. Yes. And, you know, Paul said, you have a lot of teachers. Yeah. There are many, many people who have a platform of some sort and teach. Right. But not very many fathers. Yeah. And I would say mothers. Sure. Also. Yeah, parents. Because discipleship is parenting. It's spiritual parenting. Right. And in actual parenting with my children, you know, when we were talking about the last episode about serving as a form of leadership instead of lording your authority over people, yeah. I just thought about how our children are sort of defenseless in mm -hmm. a sense. You know, they're younger, they're weaker. They don't know some of the things that we know, and we can either just lecture them all the time, or we can parent them, which includes instruction, but it also includes coaching. Mm -hmm. And you, if you think about a coach, like coaches are actually quite emotional. Mm. They, you know, some of them scream and yell, yep. some of them weep and hug and smack, and like it's it's very um, involved and vulnerable in that sense. And I find that when I am connecting with my children and I am vulnerable with them, right. it's actually much more effective mm. than when I am away from them or above them, just trying to teach them some lesson I think they need to know. But when I appeal to them from a place of, I, I want the best for you. Yes. Or I made this mistake. Please don't make it. Yes, yeah. in my own life. And yeah. these were the consequences. I don't want that for you. And right. for my heart to really be affected by that, for them to see that. Mm. Or when I sin against them and I have to repent to them and ask them for forgiveness. Yeah. Nobody loves to do that. Yeah. Nobody loves to. Yep. But the result is that door of vulnerability leads to a place of victory and intimacy and healthy relationship. Absolutely. And growing. Yeah. In, in the last episode, we talked a lot about lowering the platform and raising the seats. And there are so many ways that this is a part of that. Um, when I think about my own failures, if I, in the, in the many times I have led from a position of strength and authority, it makes me feel important. Because for whatever unhealthy reason, I, I feel like I need that. But the negative consequence of that is that I make other people feel less important. At least in my eyes, when I make myself feel more important, then it's like others are less important. And that's the exact opposite of what we're called to do. Uh, again, go back if you haven't heard it. Go back and listen to the previous episode um, about raising the seats of the people. You know, thinking of them uh, as more important than yourself. Vulnerability is the opposite of, of my sinful inclination. It makes me feel less important and others feel highly trusted. When I make myself vulnerable with somebody else, I trust them and that makes them feel more important. It elevates them. It lifts them up. Um, it lowers me, not in a way that makes me feel like I'm a defeatist or that I'm less than God made me to be. Not, not anything like that kind of self-deprecating, um, self-insulting kind of thing. It's, it's really more about recognizing that I'm not better than anybody else. God made us all in his image. And I have every bit as much image stamped on me as you do, and you have every bit as much stamped on you as I do. And that's why vulnerability levels the floor. It, it levels the playing ground. It makes us all one uh, at the same level, because we are, and, and it 
it just it, it opens up possibilities that don't exist any other way in leadership, and especially I think on the platform um, when we're leading worship. I know we talked earlier about how it's probably easier for some people than others because yes. of a lot of factors, sure. maybe their own family experiences or personality or emotional health. Yes. And I think that people aren't going to always receive it the same way either. Right. So I think it may be hard for some people to express vulnerability, but it it may be harder for some people to receive it as yeah. well. Like it may make half of the congregation mm. feel really drawn in and maybe right. half uncomfortable. Yeah, so you have to use discernment when you're doing it, right? Because mm -hmm. you're leading the people you're leading. You're not leading a room of, of, of um, faceless, nameless people. The, these are people who also have stories. And so when you share your story, uh, you know, when you said everybody processed that, I thought of uh, for some reason, and, and I don't have anybody close in my life that I know, but I thought of a woman who had been in some way attacked. And, and to share that vulnerable story, um, if God brings healing to that, and, and that woman would want to celebrate the work of God in her life and say, I went through this tragic time, but God brought me through and share that vulnerability, to do that with great discretion so that somebody else who shares that story doesn't feel attacked all over again or like they're less than because they haven't gotten to that place of healing. I mean, all of those things require such extraordinary um, intimacy with the Spirit so that you can trust the Spirit's leadership to lead it in a way, to say it in a way that serves the people and doesn't um, show off. It doesn't make like, hey, look how healed I am or look how brave I am, but no, look how good God is and how good God wants to be for you too. And I want to walk that journey with you. So certainly be careful. Um, I want to race through some, some, again, practical applications of ways that we that I seek to do this. And, and one of them is, is what a, kind of what I just said. Tell appropriate stories. Appropriate. <laughs> Tell appropriate <laughs> stories. Leave out the messy details. You can talk about generalities in a way that makes you feel normal and good and human, um, but also... Yeah, just appropriate. But tell stories where God is the hero and you're the one being rescued, not where you're the one doing the rescuing. And again, I say that out of my own, I, I've just done that wrong so many times. I want to be the hero, but I'm not the hero of my story. I'm never the hero of my story. God is always the hero. And if I'm ever saved, it's because he saved me. Um, even if somebody else saves me, it's because God sent them to save me. I mean, he's the one who does the saving. So tell stories where God is the hero. Another way that I try to show vulnerability is the way that I lead um, with my countenance. So if I'm singing about something that makes me sad, I want to look sad because I, I feel sad. And if I'm singing about something that makes me joyful, I want to look joyful because I feel joyful. And so showing on the outside what you're feeling on the inside, it's, it's a way of being vulnerable. Great example of that is yeah. the song Defender. Okay. Which is my favorite song yeah. in the whole world. I know you love that song. I do. And the bridge is very personal. And some people have a problem with that because it's very much like I, 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 mm. I. Not that we should never have a place for that yeah. in a public expression of worship. So the bridge of that song says, when I thought I lost me, um, you, oh shoot. <laughs> when I thought I lost me. How can I not remember this? This is my favorite song. I don't know. You'll remember it in a second. You I were know. talking about the eyes. If, if you're worried about using the word I in worship, <laughs> just read the Psalms, which exactly. was, of course, the worship book that Jesus used because it's all crammed full of 
I, 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 and we, 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 and he, 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 and God, 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 you know, it is, we are a part of what God is doing in worship. It's just not a, like, we're not the core of what God is doing in worship. Okay. I remembered it, yeah. (laughs) When I thought I lost me, you knew where I left me. Mm. You reintroduced me to your love. You picked up all my pieces, put me back together. You are the defender of my heart. It's hard for me to even say that without tearing up because I have experienced that in my life. So when I sing that song, it affects me at a deep, deep level. Mm -hmm. And it's good to show that. Absolutely. So show what you're singing. Let people see on the outside what you're feeling on the inside. And if you're not feeling it on the inside, do something so you will. (laughs) And that's probably goes back to spiritual practices. We've talked about that in our early episode. It may go back to, you need to have a confessor. Um, It may mean that you need to have somebody that you are able to walk with in faith who can disciple you. But if you're not feeling it on the inside, then I think you, I think you would be served. And I know the people you're trying to serve would be served if you get to that place pretty quickly. Just one more thing real quick about this, and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, the platform behavior I demonstrate has to be consistent with the off the platform behavior I demonstrate. In other words, my daily living needs to look like my Sunday morning living. And so I want to be vulnerable in conversations and meetings and in the hallway and before and after services with people. I will tell people things like, I'm just not good at details. I'm sorry. I need you to help me. And that's, that's demonstrating vulnerability to be, to need people is to be vulnerable. Or I will say things like, I, I don't do much. I, I don't have a lot of gifting. I'm not a guitar player or a pianist. I, I can't sit, stand by myself and lead people. I actually think God did that on purpose in my life so that I would need others. That's a place of vulnerability when you need others. And so self-sufficiency is not really a healthy place to do spirituality. Uh, and it's not a really healthy place to be a leader either. Paul was right. He said, I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. I don't boast about my weakness so that people think a lot of me. I boast about my weakness so that people think a lot of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and so I want to be careful to do that right. And, and I love this quote from C.S. Lewis I found in just quick research about the whole concept of vulnerability. It's one that I don't remember reading before, uh, even though I've read a bunch of what he wrote. Um, it's so good. He says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will certainly be wrung and possibly be broken. Wrap your heart carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. Yes, if if you want to avoid pain. Yeah, and it is our selfishness that keeps us from being vulnerable and our selfishness that keeps us from serving people well and leading them well. So if you want every soul in your room and your ministry and your church to sing, then find a way to let them see your soul. It's worth the risk, a promise. It's hard, but it will pay off. Do it, do it deeply with one or two. Do it a little bit more with a small group. Do it some with a large group and just be careful about that. Walk with the spirit, trust the spirit uh, and, and be vulnerable at the right level with the right people. But include some moments on the platform of vulnerability and you will be, I think, if you're not doing it now, you'll be surprised at the level of connection that you establish with the people and the way that they will want you to lead them more than they ever have before. Don't be afraid. 
I yeah. think that's the biggest thing. What keeps people from being vulnerable in front of people is yep. they're afraid of what people will think. Yeah. So fear God more than you fear people. It's yep. so hard, but so important. That's all I got. Bethany, any closing thought? Oh, I just think I love the thought of vulnerability being a doorway into a place of connection, communion, and healing. Yeah. So go there. Yeah. And whatever it takes to get there, go there. Thanks for listening, y'all. I'm so glad to have you um, just checking out So Every Soul Sings Worship for the Real Church. This really was an emphasis on that last part. We want your church to be real. I want my church to be real. God wants our churches to be real. So if this has helped you in some way, leave a comment, share the podcast with a friend, share the podcast with your pastor, um, other worship leaders. Maybe you're on the worship team and you think it would really help your worship pastor your worship leader to listen to this, listen to it, and then just listen to them um, and get to know each other that way. Let's build a tribe. Let's build a, a whole group of people who are inspired to serve so every soul sings.